Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. Wow, hold on. <laughs> I forgot where I was for a second. My channel, my podcast. Oh, it is my channel because it's on YouTube and it is my podcast because it's the podcast app. Okay, so welcome back to my life. This is episode 10 of The Shit Show starring Milana. Um, you know, hallelujah, episode 10. I just want to say before I get into this, um, usually when we start every podcast, we I say a prayer. And then we start, and I just, there's a lot going on right now in my life. I couldn't even, like right before this moment, I couldn't even get into the prayer. So thank you, Lena, for saying the prayer for me. It was very heartfelt. Um, all right, so welcome back. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this week we're talking about lots of good stuff, leaving Neverland, um, R. Kelly, the misconception of makeup, and we're going to announce the winner of the giveaway from last week's episode with Iris. Before we continue, I just wanted you guys to remember there is a visual to this podcast. Please visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Make sure to subscribe, give this video a thumbs up and comment. And if you're listening on the podcast app, I am actually wearing red lipstick this time. I have never worn red lipstick on camera for my show. So Wearing a red lipstick in honor of International Women's Day, which is actually today because I'm recording on Friday. It is 11 p.m. and this video will come out on hashtag Milana Monday. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Starring Milana. That is probably the best place to communicate with me. And I'm very responsive. I love hearing everything you guys have to say, all of your support, your questions, your advice. So please find me on at Starring Milana on all social media. And as always, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe on all podcast apps to my podcast. I'm trying to grow my audience and my community, so I would really appreciate all of your subscriptions and ratings and reviews. Now, if it's your first time listening to this podcast, we have three segments. The first one is called BTS, where we kind of look back at my past week and catch up. The second one is called Talkworthy, in which I pick a few things from the media to kind of talk about. The third segment is called Dropping Gems, in which we pick a topic of the week and is often inspired by events or something I read or my encounters with somebody. And we kind of try to offer a different perspective. All right, let's get into it. So BTS, um, I've had a really good kind of crazy week. I got a lot of feedback from my last episode with one of my close friends, Iris. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. You guys loved her. So I'll definitely have to make sure to have her back on the show to talk about a different topic. And we had a contest. So we were basically giving away a free lash set, like a lash installation, like you can get a full set of lashes done by the amazing Star Lash Extensions in Sherman Oaks. So we have a winner. Thank you, first of all, for all of you guys, um, to all of you guys for entering the, the giveaway. I couldn't believe how many people entered. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. And I hope you stick around and listen for more giveaways. And I think we'll probably do this one again because it was it was a hit. But the winner is Sam Gardia. I'm I think I'm pronouncing that right. I thought it was Garcia, but I think it's Gardia. So at Sam Gardia and I will DM you with all the information. Congratulations. Lovely. Um, you will get a full set of volume or classic or whatever it is that your heart desires. Um, also, March 6th was the first day of Lent. So I do Lent every year. I talked about this in, in another podcast. I don't do like the traditional Lent where I give 
like give up like dairy and meat and everything. I mean, I already don't eat meat. I'm a pescatarian, but I give up one thing. And usually I give up bread. I give up bread every year and I give up bread again. And so my logic behind that is you want to give up something that you, it's hard for you to like kind of live without or bear without. It's like a sacrifice that you're making, right? That's the point of Lent. So there's three things that I consume a lot and that are, that would be hard for me to live without. The first one is coffee. The second one is bread. And the third one is potatoes. So, I mean, I'm not going to give up coffee. That's just stupid. Like, why would I give myself a fucking permanent headache? Like, that's dumb. So I'm not giving up coffee. And then between potatoes and bread, I actually consume more bread. So I give up, I give up bread again. And it's been much harder for me than previous years. And I think it's because I'm working out so much more and I'm always hungry and I already don't eat meat and I don't eat fish every day. So I'm just starving without bread. And if you guys gave up anything for Lent, let me know, DM me. I'm always fascinated to hear what people give up. I think someone I know gave up um, social media one year and that was really interesting. That's a long time to give up social media. I can't because I got to talk to you guys, but kudos to you if you can give up social media for that amount of time. Another thing, so Lena and I are coming to an end with our book, our first book of the year, Becoming by Michelle Obama. I haven't finished yet, but I mean, it's been amazing and I'm so happy that that was our first book. I loved it and I recommend for you guys to go read it. Our second book we have selected is called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And we start next week. I'm really excited. It's a shorter book, so that's good, but I hear it's like a hard read, so We'll see, but we we start next week, and if anyone is interested in joining our book club, you still have time. The Untethered Soul is the book that we are tapping into for our second book read. Um, I think that's about it. Oh, something funny happened at work today. My coworker was making fun of me, and he said that we're basically, our office is like a kindergarten, and he was writing that on social media, and he was asking me, because he's foreign, how to spell kindergarten, and I had realized that I actually don't know how to spell kindergarten. <laughs> I don't know if it's with a D or a T. I had to Google it. It's kindergarten. It's not garden. I guess in Germany, it's with a D. I don't So I didn't know. And then I realized I probably didn't know because my ass did not go to kindergarten in America or anywhere. Actually, I didn't get the privilege when I moved to America. I was shoved into first grade because I was seven years old. So... Learn, learn something new today. Like, folks, learn something new every day. And that was my gem of the day. Um, also, I'm looking at myself while I'm filming, and I am pale as fuck. I need to get out of L.A. in this weather and get a tan or something. I am so pale. Is there a color correction on this thing? <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to move on to our second segment. It is called Talkworthy. Again, this is where we pick a few things that are going on in the media and try to offer a new perspective if there's one to be offered, okay? So let's start lighthearted. Baby fat is coming back. Okay, Kamora Lee Simmons announced that she's bringing back baby fat. Listen, social media is so disrespectful. You guys are like, but sis, we didn't ask for it. But sis, we didn't want it to come back. Y'all are so rude. Maybe she's coming back with a bang. Like, what the fuck do we know? Y'all let Tommy Hilfiger come back. And what what are all the Fila? Um, Juicy came back. Like, all of these lines came back. Let baby fat have its moment. It, like, baby fat was pretty legit. Look, I... I'm not really, I don't really care for baby fat, but I will say maybe this will start a trend and maybe, maybe Apple Bottoms will come back because 
Apple bottom jeans were the shit. Okay, I had my ass looked so good. I mean, it was a nine year old ass, but now I'm imagining my full plump ass that I have now in apple bottom jeans. Wow. Wow. Maybe this will be like maybe this is like a gateway for all of those lines to come back. I'm really here for Apple Bottom coming back. Um, another thing, so Game of Thrones, they released a trailer for their final season, and it looks so intense. And if you guys haven't seen Game of Thrones, it's definitely like a heavy show. There's a lot going on. You kind of have to pay attention. You can't. I don't think you can really take breaks because like there's you just forget. Um, I really recommend watching it. It is a really fucking good show. There's a reason why it's won so many awards. And the final season's coming back. I probably have to go back and watch the last few episodes or the last season because it's just been so long. But I'm really excited to finally, like, have another show to watch. Speaking of shows, my boyfriend and I, we have this thing where there's shows that we watch individually and then there's shows that we watch as a couple. So we can only watch them when we're together. And we have run out of shows to watch as a couple. We've watched pretty much everything. I'm talking Boardwalk Empire, Sopranos, like as billions, succession. Like we're all caught up and all the two of the shows that we're watching are kind of not in season anymore. So we don't even know. The last show we watched was You on Netflix and that was like good, but we don't know what to watch. So we're always looking for like new input on shows. Let me know if there's something we should be watching. We have, I will say this. We have not seen Handmaid's Tale. We don't have Hulu. So maybe we need to make that investment. <laughs> um, oh, I can use Lena's Hulu. Lena got everything. I've been using her password for years, <laughs> for years. I'm talking, so how do you think I watched the affair? Showtime. I'm talking about Lena's passwords for years. Um, but, uh, yeah, so so we haven't found a show to watch. And, I mean, I've watched everything individually. Mar- Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, amazing. Please watch that shit. Um, Friends from College, pretty bad, but so good. Like, so bad that it's good. So I'm excited to start Game of Thrones again because I need a new show because I have friends in rotation every day. So I just need something else to kind of bump it. Um, okay. Do you know what didn't happen this week? Is, I don't... I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name. I'm going to get it right when he becomes the president. But um, Beto O'Rourke or Beto, I can't pronounce his, his name. But he has not announced his, his run for candidacy yet. It's driving me crazy because he told Oprah that he was going to announce by the end of February. And on February 28th, I was like, it's February 28th. Where you at, bro? And he did not announce. But he's not saying he's not running. I don't know what the fuck he's waiting for. I think they're doing some sort of documentary on him to hype him up. I don't know, but I'm waiting for him to please announce you have my support. You have so many Californians support. I'm telling you right now, people here really fuck with you. So please announce your run for candidacy. I really think that you guys, if you don't know anything about this guy, just look into him. Listen to the interview with Oprah. He is like the epitome of empathy. I've, I've, the way he speaks about just other people and just the empathy and just like, it's like, I, I don't know. He made me feel what I felt when Barack was running. Like I felt really comfortable, and I felt like I, I felt like. I felt like he was, like, Obama to me wasn't, like, obviously he was a president, but he didn't feel so out of reach. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's how I feel about this guy. So I'm really, I really just can't wait till he announces because I'm, I'm, I'm supporting him, but he's taking so fucking long. Okay, now, for the next two things that I'm going to discuss, I will try to stick to the term alleged as much as possible. Alleged? Alleged. Alleged? Alleged? Alleged. English is my third language. Alleged. Lena, you have to know this. Alleged. 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 
Alleged. Okay, fuck. All right, we're going to figure it out by the time I get to the words, okay? But these next two topics, I, I will try to use that word. And if I don't, I'm sorry, but that is what I mean. Alleged, allegedly, alleged, whatever the fuck. That's the terms we're using, okay? You know, Google is a beautiful thing. Listen to this, guys. Alleged. Alleged. There we go, podcast. We have our answer, alleged. R. Kelly. Listen, we've talked about him before. I think it was my first podcast episode where the whole Surviving R. Kelly thing came out. So I'm not going to go into that part of it. I'm just going to focus or try to focus on what we've learned or gathered from the interview, okay? Um, Again, if you're new to our podcast, we try to build understanding. We rarely condemn people or try to say what's right or wrong. We try to live in the gray area and we just try to offer a different perspective because we are part of the solution and we're building understanding, okay? Just a reminder that is what we are here to do, okay? I'm really sad that award season is over because honestly, he deserved a fucking Oscar. Are you kidding me? What the actual fuck was going on in that interview? I have never seen that level of acting in an interview, okay? Um, Side note, I'm not condemning. I'm just making a comment, okay? So, (laughs) also, CBS is fucking trolling us. Let me tell you this. I have been looking for the full interview for days. I still can't find it. They put things out in pieces. It's an 80-minute interview. Where the fuck is it, CBS? Are you doing this shit for ratings? I don't understand. This is why I don't watch cable TV. Except for Teen Mom. Oh, but that's like, is that like special programming? I don't know. This is why I don't watch cable TV or the fucking news. Are you trying to hype all this up for ratings? Like, why can't you just put out the whole fucking thing? Where is it? Put it out on YouTube. So anyway, they were trolling the fuck out of us. So from the clips that I saw is what I can speak on. Um, the part with Gail King and the two girlfriends. First of all, Joycelyn's name stresses me the fuck out. And the fact that I can pronounce it is a miracle. Because again, English is my third language. Azriel. For her to call her parents manipulative and not R. Kelly, he was in the room behind them when they were getting interviewed, coughing, making sure that his presence was known. So that's, that is manipulation at its finest. And you're calling your parents, like they're the master manipulators and not R. Kelly. It's, it's really crazy. Before moving on to R. Kelly, I just want to say that Gail King, where the fuck has she been all, all of our lives? Did I just, is this something new that I just discovered? The level, okay, she maintained her composure on a whole different level. I have never seen this type of professionalism in my life. I know that he wasn't like yelling at her or whatever, but her reaction, she was so calm, she was so poised, she was so professional, and she asked all of the right questions, and when he wasn't giving her the answers that she knew were needed to be heard, she pushed him, but she pushed him in a very professional way, and she wasn't scared. You know, I've seen a lot of interviews where people kind of close off because you don't want to make the other person feel uncomfortable, or you don't want to look stupid, or you don't want to, whatever. She did not. She did not hold back, and I think she did an amazing job. Um, she even remained calm when fucking Az- Azrael had that irritating ass attitude going on. She was just still so composed. She was like two or three times her age. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm really impressed with Gail King. The highlight of this interview. The moment when R. Kelly said to Gail, I need help. I thought he was about to say, I need help. I have a sex addiction. But he said, 
Gail, I need help. I need help to not have such a big heart. You guys, my eyes rolled so far back behind my head. I I laughed out loud in the middle of work. I was hysterical because first of all, I did not expect that. And second, stop. Just stop it, Kells. Who are you trying to fool? Who are you trying to fool? Anyway, so all jokes aside, this is my biggest takeaway from this interview, okay? The entire thing, we talked about this earlier in my previous podcast. I, I discussed the unfortunate cycle of abuse. Now, not all people who have been abused at a young age become abusers themselves. So I want to make that clear. And I said this before, but there is a lot of research done, particularly when boys are younger and they're abused, raped, molested by an older female, then they end up being abusers themselves. There's a large statistic, not all, but a lot, okay? A lot of research has been done. So, which is allegedly the case here with R. Kelly. With that being said, I was shocked when he told Gail that he still has not seeked help. When she asked him how has he been affected by being molested at a young age, he said that he hasn't been affected at all. And that's the problem when we don't deal with these types of traumas, when we don't seek help and the people around us are yes man and yes woman and they don't help us seek help. We harm other people in ways that are like beyond our own understanding. Um, And I don't think that R. Kelly even understands the magnitude of his alleged actions. I think that R. Kelly is in denial and I'm not trying to blame the people around him, um, but, you know, it's easy when when it's not you and you can step away from a situation. You don't have to take responsibility for it and you kind of mind your own business. And like, listen, like I'm shit. I'm a part of mind your own business ministries. Shout out to Sarah Jakes Roberts. Like we, I'm, I'm a part of it. I get it. But that makes you part of the problem. Sometimes, um, there comes a time where we can't just pray for people from a distance. If we have a hold of them, if we can get a hold of them, we need to help guide them to seek help. Who the fuck is around this man? So that was the most shocking part to me. Uh, you know, the fact that he doesn't think this has affected him in any way, it's just it's just clear that he doesn't understand how his actions have affected others and continue to do so. And the last thing that we're going to talk about in the Talk Worthy segment is the Leaving Neverland documentary, part one and two, and the Oprah interview afterwards. Um, you guys, this was hard for me to get myself to watch because just being transparent, I am a Michael Jackson fan. I have been since I moved to America, listened to music, started dancing. I performed so many of his songs and I've known about his allegations. Um, but you know, I did have the same mindset as many other people were, well, he didn't go to jail for it. So maybe he didn't do it. So, um, as an adult, you know, I'm a little more aware, but I, I definitely have my reservations. So when I started watching it, I was taking notes. And when I looked back at my notes, they all had the word weird in it. I kept saying, this is weird, weird as fuck, what the fuck, wow, this is weird. All I kept saying was, this is weird. Um, If you haven't seen it, I'm not really going to spoil too much. Honestly, there's not much to spoil. It's four hours of the same thing. But it is very heavy. Um, It is kind of 
graphic, I would say. Um, it basically details two men's accounts with Michael Jackson um, when they were, one was I think seven, the other one I think met him when he was 10, and they say that he had molested them for years, um, allegedly. They said under oath that he never molested them, but then years later came out and said that he did. Michael Jackson has now been dead for 10 years this year, and they just came out with this documentary, so you can understand why there's a lot of people who are skeptical. Since Michael was seen as not guilty in court, and there was basically like over 10 years or so of investigations done by the FBI, and they never found anything, people really do think he's innocent. Um, and regardless of what you believe regarding the molestation charges, let's just be fucking clear. It is weird, okay? The whole idea and everything that he was doing, I have to say, is weird as fuck. Um, and if you don't think that something is strange with what was going on in Neverland, if he was just really sleeping with the boys and having pillow fights and sharing a bed with him, that shit is fucking weird as fuck. Like, let's be clear, it's weird. And for those of you, again, who haven't watched it, if you have any expectations... Don't just don't have any don't have any expectations. I was skeptical when uh, with everything before I watched it, and I walked out even more confused. So, um, again, this was not investigative journalism. If you already know about the history and some of these cases, you're not really learning anything new. It's just a little bit more detailed now because it's not investigative journalism. Um, the director and producer didn't care to get the other side uh, because he just wanted to tell these guys' story. Okay, it's a very one-sided documentary. Let's start with the parents. <clears throat> I don't have a child, okay, but if these accusations are true, people, you have to fucking do better, okay? Both of the mother's initial instincts from the way that they described it about leaving their child with Michael at Neverland when they first met him was that they didn't feel right about it, but they decided to do it anyway. And that is the, that is the problem with idolizing people to this degree. And you can see the same kind of like behavior with the R. Kelly case, right? Like celebrity trumps common sense in some instances. And this, I think, was one of them. Um, you wouldn't fucking leave your kid with Billy Bob Schwab down the street that you just spent a week ago and let them let him your kids sleep in the bed with him, but you're letting Michael Jackson do it, right? Um, and these families were phased. That's the word that Lena likes to use. Um, they were phased by his status, his power, his money, his fame. Um, and if you're analyzing like the grooming methods that Michael Jackson allegedly did, I can understand why the families felt so comfortable with maybe leaving the child with Michael um, and spending time with him. However, no. In his Century City apartment, one of the mothers slept in the living room while Michael slept in the bed, in the bedroom, with the door shut, with her son. Why? Why? Like, if you're, if you're hanging out and you're friends and you're watching movies and stuff, okay, but you're sleeping in the bed and the door is closed and, like, and your mom is on the couch. Like, you have to, this is weird, guys. There's nothing normal about this. Whatever you fucking deem is normal, this is not okay. Um, and this is where the parents play in. Like, I, I understand how you could be phased. I understand how you were groomed. But this is like parenting 101. So if you miss this kind of stuff, I, at this point, I'm, I almost feel like you didn't give a fuck. You know? Not necessarily you didn't give a fuck about your child's well-being, but you kind of like 
what you didn't ask any questions, I think, because what you were receiving was more important or more valuable to you than maybe what you thought could be going on in that room. Another thing about this entire ordeal this week is the Oprah slander. Let's be clear, there would not be fucking Oprah slander had, okay? It's Oprah. But people were really upset that she gave them the platform to speak. Like, basically, she gave them an interview. And people were really upset about that. And that kind of bothered me because, let's be clear, she, whether Oprah, it was Oprah or not, HBO is the one that gave the platform. And I think it was in collaboration with OWN, but had she not done it, there would still be someone else who would have done it. HBO would have found someone else to do this interview. So, no, it's not like Oprah handed them this platform. And with that being said, I think she was very professional. And I don't think, from what I gathered, she did not insinuate that she thought Michael was guilty. She just asked all the right questions, but she did not condemn him. She didn't say he was right or wrong. She was doing her fucking job. Like, that is her job. She is a journalist. I have to tell you, if you didn't watch her interview, but you watched the documentaries, you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to watch her interview because, in my opinion, it was way more effective than the actual documentary. I think it had a lot more depth. What's really important is she tapped into the term abuse, right? how we describe it as sexual abuse but when you're a child and she says this if it's if it's if it's somebody who is any good if if someone that's doing the abuse is any good the abuser then it doesn't feel like abuse it feels like love it feels like comfort and that was the case with this Michael Jackson alleged like accusations like right it didn't feel like abuse he wasn't throwing them against the wall and like raping them it did not feel like that so when you're a child, you don't understand that what's happening to you is not right because it doesn't feel like abuse. It feels good. It feels like love. And that's something that she tapped into that I feel like you didn't really get understand from the documentary. And she was not insinuating that he didn't. She was just commenting on the term abuse and how it is not the appropriate term to use when we are speaking with children, asking them, have they been abused, right? So I think that was one of the most important things that I learned from her interview. I know that Michael was proven innocent or he was not guilty, right? And there was 10 years of investigations and nothing was was found. And I get that. There's a lot of facts to take into consideration. But I do want people to realize just because someone has been seen as not guilty in the eyes of the court, that doesn't mean that they are actually innocent, okay? And precisely, let's talk about R. Kelly. This was the case, not guilty. Or OJ, right? Um, this might be reaching, but George Zimmerman, right? So just because someone walks out of court and didn't go to jail, that does not mean that they are not guilty of the crimes. Or let's talk about the opposite, right? Um, how many times have we heard about people who were released from jail for serving 30 years because they were wrongly convicted? How many times, right? So let's be clear. The court system has failed many people. So I wouldn't go ahead and say that this is the end-all, be-all truth. I want to focus back on the documentary and I want to look at the intention. So besides money, I'm not sure what the intention was behind this documentary. You know, I don't think, I don't know if it was to spread any type of awareness. Um, Michael's not here to feel the weight of this um, or to respond. So it's definitely not to get any justice. Maybe I think by them telling their story, it their truth was their justice. That's the only way that I can I can explain as to why this documentary was intentional or 
to them effective, right? And maybe along the way, in some sort of way, they can help past, current, and future abuse victims speak up and maybe even help their parents. I, I think this is so important for parents to watch and to like learn about. So maybe that that was the intent was to help other people. If you haven't watched this, I would say that this is not a documentary that is trying to figure out the truth. It's just sharing their story. So I want to make sure that you guys are aware before you're watching this. Whatever stance that you had walking into this is probably the same one you're going to have walking out of it, honestly. It wasn't like riveting information to me. It was just more disturbing and uncomfortable, but it wasn't anything that was shocking because, again, his side is still saying that it never happened, like his brothers and um, his Paris, his daughter. Um, and you know what? Speaking of his daughter, I really hope that his three children are okay because I think they're the ones you know that are really feeling the damage out of all of us. With this information coming out. So finally in the third segment of my podcast. It's called Dropping Gems. And this week's topic was really random. I saw a headline that said. Virgin Atlantic Airlines will allow female cabin crew to work without makeup. whoop de doo Congratulations ladies. <laughs> you now have some freedom. Um, You know I saw that article and. Without, like, I don't even want to go into just, like, the, the deeper gender roles and gender guidelines of what people have to do, of male versus female, what they have to wear, what they're required to wear, or how they're supposed to look. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about the misconception of makeup because it made me really think about makeup as a whole, right? Fellas, please don't leave if you're listening. It's still going to be really interesting. I have some funny things to say, and um, maybe you learned something new. So... Let's talk about my makeup experience. I started wearing makeup in seventh grade because a bitch had a mustache, okay? My mom, we're Armenian. I'm hairy as fuck. It's fine. I'm handling it now. But, you know, in my culture, we're, we're immigrants. It was kind of strict. And, um, you know, my mom wouldn't let me wax the thing off. No threading, nothing. She was like, "No, you're gonna be some. You're gonna be in seventh grade with a mustache. Like this is gonna be your life, right?" So I'm walking around town with my mustache, and at this point in seventh grade, I was like, "No, I gotta do something about it." So I had my grandma take me to CVS, and I got foundation a little bit darker than my skin tone, so I can even out my whole face and I can cover some of the dark fuzz over my lip. Okay, so. Um, that was my first makeup experience. And if you think I'm fucking being dramatic, this was seventh grade, okay? In third grade, I had this humongous crush on this guy. And he wrote me a letter. And I got so excited. I found it in my backpack when I got home. And it said, I like you even with the mustache. Yeah, so I'm not being dramatic. A bitch had a mustache. With that being said, when I got to seventh grade, I was like, I gotta hide this mustache. So all year long, I was walking around with full-on foundation, Covering my mustache. By eighth grade, I convinced my mom to get rid of the stash. Cool. But I had already started wearing makeup, so I was wearing makeup to school every single day. I had on foundation, mascara, and a little bit of blush. Like, my face wasn't beat. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just, like, patching foundation on my face. It looks, I look probably crazy, but, you know, that was my life in eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, tw- all of high school. I had on makeup every single day. Now that I think about it, it gives me a fucking headache that I used to wake up and put on makeup every day. So I was very confident in high school. Um, I 
but it was for my personality, okay? I had a, I was very social. I was very outgoing. I want most popular. I want homecoming duchess. I want homecoming queen. I mean, I fucking was everywhere, right? I was very confident with who I was in my personality, but at that point, I was not very confident in my looks, right? Even after the stash was gone, I was not very confident in my looks. Um, and that's probably why I wore makeup the entire time. But this is where the stigma with makeup comes in, especially when men think about women who wear makeup. I think a lot of men think women wear makeup because they're somehow insecure about their appearance. Now, a part of that is true, but that is not necessarily the case. Not everybody wears makeup because they're insecure about how they look. I read an article where 44% of American women said that they do not like to leave their house without makeup on. Research showed that there's two reasons as to why women wear makeup or those women wear makeup. Um, the first one is women who wear makeup are trying to hide something, they're insecure. And the second one is women who wear makeup are trying to be more attractive. This seems like common sense to us, but 50, almost half of the country, women cannot leave their house without makeup. That is fucking crazy to me. I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm kind of like on the latter version. If I, if I wear makeup now, if I wear makeup, it's to enhance what I already have going on, right? I definitely, like what I used to wear makeup seven days a week. I do not wear makeup all the time now. Actually, I don't wear makeup to work at all unless I have to meet with a client. I wear makeup when I have to film so I don't look crazy on camera. And if I'm going out at night with my friends or somewhere, I don't wear makeup anymore. A part of that is because I'm blessed with these great brows and I have these lash extensions and I feel like I wake up and I'm ready to go. I don't even fucking wear concealer. But when I don't wear makeup to work, my coworkers come up to me and they ask me, are you okay? Which is, I don't wear it all the time. So imagine every other day someone asks me, Did you, oh, you had a good night last night? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you believe that shit? Or, oh, you didn't get a lot of sleep last night? No, bitch. I slept like a fucking angel. Like, this is what I look like without makeup on. Like, how rude. I get that question at least twice a week. So that's one of the misconceptions that we wear makeup not to, you know, not to, not because we're insecure, but to not look like the fucking walking dead. Okay. And I think people look more presentable when they have makeup on. I think that when you look good, you feel good. I think when I put makeup on, I look like I gave two fucks today about seeing you or about my encounters with other people. When you put in the effort to get ready and put makeup on, even if you're not beating your face, it's like you give a fuck, right? So that's another reason why people wear makeup. I remember I dated a guy who would press me when I would get ready. He always asked me, why do you feel the need to wear makeup and get ready? Who are you trying to impress? That's what he used to say to me. That should have been my red flag. Because what type of fucking box do you live in that you think that I'm getting ready to go out to impress other people? And men, let me say this clearly. We do not get dressed and ready for you. Okay, we do it for ourselves, or oftentimes it's for other women, but we don't do it for men. I mean, at least I don't, and the people I know don't. Can I talk some real shit? You know what I can't fucking stand? I can't stand those women who pride themselves in not wearing makeup. whoop fucking do good for you, boo-boo. Really, there's girls who I always see tweeting like, I don't need makeup to feel good and to feel pretty. I'm secure with how I look. Okay, there's women out there who have to or want to wear makeup and you shouldn't make other women feel bad about that. Okay, there's people who enjoy it, but there's also people who need it. Maybe they have acne scars. Maybe they have 
burn marks. Maybe they have some something. Maybe they're trying to conceal something. There's no need to make yourself feel better that you don't have to wear makeup and make people feel worse about themselves that they have to wear makeup or they want to feel makeup. And honestly, most of those women who say those things are probably insecure in some other facet of their life, okay? Whether it's their relationship, their career, their body, whatever the fuck, that doesn't make you holy or better than, okay? So let's be clear. Just because you don't wear makeup, good for you, good for your skin, high five Alicia Keys, but that does not mean you are better than someone who does wear makeup. And men, that does not make a woman more beautiful or better if she doesn't wear makeup, okay? I definitely think that you grow into your looks. And eventually, it's not about needing it. It's about wanting it, right? You get comfortable in your own skin and it just becomes more of enhancing versus an essential. That's how I feel about makeup. So men and my non-makeup wearing friends, ladies, Makeup is an extension of your self-expression. So let people express and enhance their natural beauty because we're all beautiful. And also let them fucking be, okay? Um, With that being said, I want to leave you with wise words from my boyfriend who drops gems. He said, you should do whatever makes you look better, okay? Thank you guys so much for listening. If you laughed, if you cried, if you learned something, screenshot this podcast and please share it on your Instagram and Twitters and whatever social media you use. Send it to your friends. I am so thankful to have all of these listeners. We are now in 35 states and I love you guys. Thank you guys for leading me to episode 10 and I will be back next week.